When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow, that's that's the worst one of all time. I think we got to put this one. I think this bit needs to go away for a little bit. Okay, that's pretty good. The last no, one. No. The last one was no. good. Listen, you trust me, right? Yes. That bit is suspended for two months. This is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. Dad, can we talk about the panic phone call that I got from mom the other night? Because okay. she's she's out of town, and I guess you're home alone this weekend. And yes, you like you couldn't figure out how to put on the Thursday night football game on Prime, right? And I'm telling you, you would have thought that there was something. I get a call from mom, and she's like, "Hello," and I'm like, "Oh my god, mom!" I like legitimately stopped me. I'm like, "Mom, what's wrong?" <laughs> and she's like, "Your dad can't put Prime on," and I'm just like, "Okay, mom, you need to have a different tone." You guys are old now. Like, I don't need that panicked voice for a prime issue. That is hilarious. Were you able to watch football? Yes, I was. And, and, the, and the 49ers covered, so I was a happy man. Um, but what, it, it began with me texting your mother because I knew she was, I was texting her at a bad time. It was, you know, six, seven o'clock, an hour before the game. And I knew she would be out to a work-related dinner. So I'm texting her at a bad time. I texted her. What channel is Prime Video? Oh, you're the worst. And she texted me back saying Prime Video is not a channel, comma, it's an app. Right. And I knew I knew right then that I was in trouble because I associate an app with an iPhone, why not my TV. Dad, why can't you just figure out the TV thing? It's not that hard. It's pretty hard. Even she eventually had to FaceTime me oh, God. so that I could show her our screen and she could talk me through it. It's ridiculous how difficult they make this now. Not if, only you know. if you're an idiot. No, it, TVs run on channels. Dad, I should be. She should have been able to say Dad, Prime Video is channel 57. Dad, Graceland knows how to get to Disney Plus and Hulu. Well, she's five. Okay. Uh, she also picked the Giants to win. How'd that go for her? <laughs> Uh, you know, we're you know who's smarter. I mean, come I'm on. Ju- but I'm just saying, in that it, picking football games, you're smarter. Uh, with technology, she's smarter. Like it's not that different. Okay, but now that you mention it, I, I do want to give hosannas and praise to your mother because what? I never. What are we pre- giving her? Hosannas. Yeah, you're so lucky that she babies you so much. It's honestly, it, it's probably hurt you. Well. I appreciate how much she does for me. You should just, if I'm her there, I'm like, figure it out. Google it. Google it. Like, learn on your own. Like, learn how to exist. Like, what would you do without mom? I don't know. I think about that occasionally. I don't know how to pay a bill. God, you would just like, I picture you in a room. Like, I picture you in a room walking into the wall. Just like, I don't know. I want to go to dinner. Is this dinner? If your mom divorced me tomorrow, I literally would not know how to run my household i would not know how to pay a bill i would not know how to turn on a tv the funny thing is is christy handles most of this for us too but i at least would know okay call this company and set up a direct payment with them call this company like 
I could I could get there. You're like you're you'd be like a lost puppy. It's true. No, I would be. And and I do rely too much on your mother. She does everything, books flights, makes dinner reservations, leaves me notes and reminders. I would never see a doctor if she didn't remind me. Uh it's crazy. What is wrong with you, man? No, it's it's nothing that's wrong with me. It's what's right with her. She is so great. I appreciate her so much. And that I dedicate this episode of the podcast to your mother, quite frankly. And and yet anytime I'm around you two, it seems like she hates you. Well, that's just her nature. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure she likes my haircut. As I'm looking at myself in this Zoom, I'm seeing a haircut that's a little bit nothing against you, Lucas. You did a great job. Don't get me wrong. Dad, it looks Live good. on the Levitar show, Leslie. No, but Dad, you have no sense of this. Your opinion doesn't matter. You look better. Okay, it's a little short-ish. It's the the trouble is when it's so short on the side above the ears, it makes my face look fat. What you know? No, it doesn't. I don't know. Your dad, dad, I'm just it, telling you, you are wrong. Okay, all right. Well, thank you. You know, you you're uh, tough with a compliment. So for you to say that you like my haircut, I take as yeah, as looks um, good as great praise. You look much more stylish. Well, stylish maybe, but you know that kind of thing. What um, you know? I <laughs> this has been on my mind. Ever since our bowling league started, and um, welcome to the Greg Cody show, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. As if you didn't I'm know not, it. Well, and, I wasn't and, welcoming you. Oh, I was welcoming the audience. Oh, right. Okay. Like, Would you think I was like welcoming you to this conversation? Yeah, I did. I did all of a sudden. But um, and and by the way, later in the episode, we're gonna have a brand new song from Yeti, uh, who's otherwise not in on this episode. So in in Yeti's absence, I want to thank him before we get on to bowling. Uh, Yeti did something very brave on our episode last week, and I don't think I praised him enough on the air, where, where he admitted a weight problem, and he admitted a binge eating issue. And, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, I'm all about this podcast and, and us being very honest with our listeners and speaking to them as friends. And so I really appreciated Yeti being that honest and vulnerable because, you know, I can relate. Anybody can relate, you know, but but. 291 pounds, you know, that's not healthy and, and it's not good for him. And he realizes it and he was, you know, open enough to admit it. And, and I, thought I think that it's was more great, so. the eating, the amount of candy bars he's sneaking. Then I, I don't I don't think it's even the number of what he weighs. Right. It's about let okay. me not eat seven. And I'm like, that, that, that's that's how I feel about it. I relate to that stuff more like how, how much I actually weigh. Isn't my issue at all. It's stop with the taco bell so much stop with the 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 snacking late at night like have some self-restraint and you can still enjoy the nice things and not we don't have to count calories but it's like one of those things where there's no one there but yourself to like check you and it's like yeah oh so if you're the only one watching how honest do i have to be right right it's like it's hard to be the disciplinarian for yourself like I can do it for right. Graceland. I'm like, no sweets. You already had one little thing of ice cream. We're not doing two. Like it's super easy to keep that discipline for your child. But then when they go yes. to sleep, you're you're a piece of shit because then I'm going into the thing and I'm eating two ice cream cones. Oh, but with me, it's ice cream. It, it's if, if there's a half gallon of ice ice cream in the house, it ain't lasting more than two or three days because I will eat big giant bowls of ice cream, not just two scoops. I will eat like the equivalent of five scoops of, of ice cream. I mean, at a are, are we talking about like the, the Ben and Jerry's pint thing? I'm talking about we buy a half gallon at a time. And that does not last in my house because that's the one thing 
that I will go crazy. I'm not a big cake or pie eater, um, but hell yeah, if ice cream is in the house, I wail on it, and and that's just. And then you know, Christy, but, will, Christy will buy these like little Trader Joe ice cream cones. That's like, see, let's be portion control. Let's all. Yeah. And then I'll have three. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Okay. I don't know. If okay. This is here, here's another thing we do. Speaking of overeating and, and Halloween season is coming up. Your mother and I, between us, buy like, you know, six giant bags of Halloween candy, intending to give it out, but knowing that we won't because, you know, we have like 10 kids coming to our house. So we buy 10 bags of Halloween candy and we end up eating eight of them. It's just so ridiculous. And, really? and every year we do that. I mean, I feel like you're exaggerating a little bit. Well, I'm exaggerating when I say we buy 10 bags. We buy four or five giant bags and we probably give away one and right. we probably eat four. But uh, let's get away from food. And, and by the way, aside to Yeti, if he's listening to this, he carries his weight very well. He could get away with saying he weighs 215 pounds, a lot better than a former ex-president whose name I won't mention on right. this podcast. That's why you so. kind of you harped in on like his weight there. And I don't even remember him saying what his weight was. For me, the problem he was admitting to is like overdoing it and the secret candy bars and right. like, you know, just cutting that stuff out as opposed to just like being distraught that he's 291. Yeah, but that, you know, the 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 overindulgence leads to the weight which led to him buying his own scale. I do that too. I uh, I have my own scale. The doctor's office always reads more. So I always trust my own scale. Like I'm always 193 on my own scale. And then I get to the doctor's office, it's like 205. It's ridiculous. That's another reason I don't like going to the doctor. Yeah. Bad scales. Dad, I was, we were, we were in our uh, bowling team group chat the other day. Yeah. You did something and I, and I, and I found myself, I, d I almost did the thing where it's like, I'm going to be snarky here. But everyone always says I'm a jerk to you on this podcast. Right. And, you know, so I didn't send the text. So what I'll do is, is I'll talk about it now on the podcast. Okay. I don't even remember uh, speaking in the group chat. No, it was us talking about just our ranges. It was basically, you know what? I don't even know if I want to go there because it's just going to be me being mean to you. And it's so in the weeds. No, go ahead. Our, I want to hear with it. Our, it was just you doing one of those things where it's kind of what you did on the Lebitard show a few weeks ago of where you take this Jonathan Taylor stance where the Dolphins should go after him and give up nothing to get him. And it's like, thanks, dad. Like, that's just like never going to like, you know what I mean? Where it's like painfully obvious. You say something painfully obvious and you did it in the group chat where you were just like, yeah, if we because we were talking about because we had a really good we had our best game ever on Wednesday, the second game, we all as yes. a group bowled well. We had the best, as a team, we were the best team in the league that game. Like, it was our best game ever by far. And you come in the chat, helpfully, later on when we're discussing about, like, how we can do well in the league, if we can just average this amount. We're having some constructive team discussions about right. what we need to do. And Greg thunders in with, well, if we can just do what we did that second game, every game, we have a good shot. And I, like, wanted, Correct. I had this whole snarky, thanks, Dad. Yes, if we all average our uh, well above our average, we're going to do well in the league. Like, okay, you have this thing where it's just like, and right now, maybe I'm a jerk for even calling you out on it, but it's like, right. I, you just sometimes need to think before you send these messages. Okay, give these a couple things. of things. Number one, comments need explaining. And you, you always go back to my Jonathan Taylor take. My take was, if you replay the tape on the Levitard show, my take give was, not, don't give up a first round, but go get him. I didn't I don't think I even said go get him. What I said was I like him a lot more than I like Dalvin Cook, but at the same time the Dolphins don't need him that much. And I even extolled Raheem Mostert 
who a few weeks later, last week, rushes for 112 yards because he's the fastest running back in the GD NFL. That's why. Dad, I've been on team don't go after Jonathan Taylor. I'm just more saying it it had nothing to do with Jonathan Taylor. It's just sometimes you do the... Okay, on this bowling thing, as you have informed me, and believe me, this is a good... People who bowl in leagues are generally pretty good. I look around me while I'm struggling to pick up a a, a nine-pin spare, and I see guys getting strikes left, right, and center. And I think it was you who told me that a lot of these teams in our league have like four out of the five guys are averaging 200 pins. That's most, like most of the teams, because we're up, we're fourth right now out of 32 teams somehow. And somehow. I think I, and I think I know how, because with no sandbagging whatsoever, the first right. week, our team, Michael, Anthony, you, your first week, like we, sh- we came out of the gates and struggled. And then that set low averages for us. And then we've all, after bowling three to four weeks in a row, we're all getting better. So we've just bowled well above our average ever since that first week. So I think that's benefiting us. I think it's one of those things where in the long run, if we keep bowling well, our our handicaps are going to go lower. So we're going to need to keep bowling better throughout the year to stay up here, basically, is what I'm thinking. But but the point I was making in in, in the comment that almost led to a snarky retort by you was that we can do very well in this league without a single 200 bowler as long as we continue to all be consistently in the 150s, 160s, 170s. And not and, have bad games. Right, exactly. They, wow, they, I hadn't considered that. Thank you. Okay, Dad. but I'm, I mean, I'm looking like, at myself. I'm looking at myself in the... This is bowling yes, talk. And Dad, to, yes, it's you, but it's, it's, it's bowling talk, but it's just the most obvious. Like, you're just like, you know what? You have some good games and some bad. We need to have more good games okay. and bad games, I think is a good strategy for us. Okay, <laughs> I want to go on a higher plane in discussing why I love my Wednesday night bowling league. Yeah. Okay. And this is a, a part above and beyond who scores what, how many pins each guy gets. Um, this is the first time I've bowled in a league since the 1980s, since before you were born. And it's it's like a family league for us because it's you, me, Michael, uh, your wife's father, and an old friend. So yeah. it's it's like a family league. And I love being on a team with Michael because, you know, you and I have golf. I, I don't think I've ever really been on a team with Michael before. And there's such a camaraderie in bowling. Yeah, the where, high fives after spares. Yeah, the high fives, the fist bumps. You know, people are ragging each other and making fun, but also encouraging each other. There's such a camaraderie in a teamwork. And you look around and... I'm enjoying and, the same. I'm enjoying the same as you. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I really am. And... Another thing I love about bowling is, this is I got to be careful how I say this because I don't want to offend anybody. I love the blue collar aspect of bowling because I grew up like that. You know, I'm, my father was a, a carpenter uh, uh, later in his life, a custodian at a school. He was not college educated. I grew up uh, in, a, in a lower middle class family. I was a blue collar kid. And the life I'm living now where I'm I'm among, you know, millionaire athletes and coaches and, and, you know, media stars and everything. Sometimes I feel like an imposter almost based on how I grew up. And to be in a bowling alley, it's just a, an, an invigorating feeling to me because I look around and everybody in a bowling alley is like a caricature to me. Uh, it, they're a fun group of people. And I include myself. I'm the caricature of the old guy who hasn't bowled in 30 years. And his sucks, but every once in a while he bowls a 179 game, and it's like the fountain of youth. He feels great again. Uh, I see 
a couple of lanes down from me is Fat Albert, you know, the big giant black kid who looks like he would not be a great bowler, but he's getting strike after strike. That dude is so good. I know exactly who you're talking about. He's so good. Yeah. And, and then another uh, caricature I enjoy in the bowling alley is the uh, Italian guy who looks like he's out of central casting from a Goodfellas movie. And he's got, the, he's got his name written in fancy script on his silk bowling shirt. You know, there's just so many fun characters in a bowling alley and the atmosphere is great. Uh, the clatter of the pins is music to my ears. I am just loving the hell out of it. I truly look forward to every Wednesday night. I thought you were going to say more of just like the, you know, it's getting the competitive juices flowing again. Well, that too, that too. Although the, the whole handicap system is confusing to me. Like if we were going head to head, scratch bowling uh, versus scratch bowling. We'd be in last place. Okay, we would be in last place, but it would be a lot easier to figure out. Yeah, but it's one of those things. It's kind of like the channel on your TV. It's just a little effort. I know. Like you're you're a smart man. Like it. I the the idea that the way that you shield off learning how to use Prime, learning how this league works that you're in. There's a whole app, Dad. You love stats. You can see the stats on every single bowler in this entire league. You can see exactly what they've bowled every game. I could pull yours up right now. Like. I sent you a screenshot of it the other day. Like, yeah, I know you are such a stats guy. Like this is right up your alley. You're competitive. Yeah. Like it's just so mind boggling to me that you're just like never going to learn this handicap thing. Just going to complain every week about how confusing it is. Like never. It's confusing. But um, especially with after what you just said too. you're into this. You are enjoying this wholeheartedly. I am. Learn the rules. Yeah. Dad, Google bowling handicaps i bet you there's just something you could read that will just explain it to you and you'll just be like oh that's how it works it just doesn't make much sense to me dad it just doesn't make much sense to me i I don't want to do this i'm not doing this on air we can do it off air but it's just so simple in that they want everyone to average 235 okay Okay, fine if you bowl a 135 average how many pins are they going to give you dad 100 if you bowl 200 average how many pins are you going to get dad 35. I there, get it. Okay. I, there you go. I just that's hey, that exp- kind of thing. That's what I just explained it to you. That's okay, why that that's, kind of thing. that's why when Anthony averaged 85 the first week and then Anthony. got got 140 pins and then the next week came back and bowled a 150, that's why we did really well that week. But it's no all there's right. no z- sandbagging in it, so it's we're all good. I said on the episode last week I was going to kick the lane's ass and bowl a 500 series. I felt just short. What did I get? Uh, 438 or 462? That's, that's not just short, by the way. I know. Just short would I be 492. Short. Okay. But I did do better than the previous week. And so this coming Wednesday, I'm going to kick the lane's ass. Um, meantime, I have an important announcement to make. Are you ready I, for this? I feel like, do people like that bowling conversation? I think they like most of it, just not the nuts and bolts about handicap, probably. Right. I, I hope they liked the part about... Uh, what the hell's going on here? Is your phone ringing? That's a that's a loud ass phone right there. Um, you always like a phone call where it says "scam likely." That's uh, that's a. I hate that. What's like? I, I I know that's what it just said. How do they even know "scam likely"? How come they never put "scam unlikely"? That's true. Or 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 be more casual than that. And instead of "scam likely," they should have something like "you really want to take this call," you know. But 
Um, I, I, I have an announcement to make. Are you ready? Four, you, you bowled a 403 the first week and a 436, 436 last week. Okay. But that included a 179 game, which is a high water mark for me. 118, okay. 179, 139. I know. Believe me, I'm focusing on the 179. That's that's my wheelhouse. That that's my that's my goal right there. Okay. Back to my big announcement. I am about to give birth. The labor is done. The delivery is on the doorstep. What are we talking about? I am talking about the book I am writing with Zoo Miami's Ron McGill. Ooh. That has been the center of my life um for the, pretty much the past year um it actually hasn't been the center of my life it's been a project i've had to squeeze in uh and do piecemeal but yeah at but, any rate, but that sounds good though for when you go on the the pr like tour and stuff right say it was the center of your life for the last year that's yeah good. okay that does sound better yeah yeah don't be sounds like, like you was... know what i had to take i had to shit this out in between right. columns i want people to think that i was holed up in a remote cabin doing nothing but writing this book nonstop like Stephen King uh, is just uh, for four months in a cabin alone with no phone. I did nothing but write this book. And you should tell some lie about you walking out the back porch of your cabin and looking across the lake. And you actually saw Stephen King doing the same thing at some <laughs> other cabin. And you guys just had this like, you know how the Corvette people have a, a Corvette wave? Yeah. Or at least that's, that's what you've right. always said. <laughs> uh, I feel like authors have an author wave and you and him will exchange and just a little, wow. just to, like maybe we, you'll, you'll cheers your coffee, your morning coffee, you'll raise your coffee up to each other and just give Wow, up. Boy, now you're talking because uh, Stephen King is, is one of my literary heroes right up there with uh, uh, the great Miami Herald legend, Edwin Pope. Um, but the book, the book is finally done, written. <clears throat> Pardon me. You're right, you're right there. I'm getting so emotional. Uh, I have finally finished writing the book, uh, right down to the acknowledgement and the you know author bio and everything. It's so, completely written. So now is the awkward part, and if if Ron and people, the publisher, don't like it, they just kind of like stop responding to your emails, and they'll get someone else to do it. <laughs> exactly, and they put somebody else's name on there. Right. Yeah. Exactly, and they pay me anyway, you know, to avoid a legal fight. But uh, they completely erase me. I'm no longer on the book tour. I just all of a sudden I have nothing to do with it, and it's a massive failure for me. But something tells something, happen, tell, something tells me you're going to be the one on Good Morning America, and not Ron. Oh, Ron is tailor made for that. Oh my gosh! Is are is there like a legit PR PR like tour for this thing? Like, is Ron going to be doing like big like big major network morning shows and stuff? I don't know if 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 it gets to that level, it certainly ron who's going to be doing it not me you know I'm, i think you should i think that's a bad job by the team i think greg cody needs to be the face of this thing i'm good for promoting it on the levitard show i'm good for going to you know books and books and coral gables and doing the local spot but uh if, if they think they're going to get me on a national book tour in the middle of football season <laughs> it probably isn't happening yeah but, but see, that's that's you being just so stuck in your ways dad you this is new and fun for you. Go be an author. Like, go around, do a week trip with Ron where you're in three stops. Like, that would be fun. Like, yeah, it could happen. I love the, your your natural your natural thing is just to be like, nope, can't football. When you know you, you should do something like that. That would be. It seems cool. It, to like, it could happen. It could happen. But the larger point is, uh, they're trying to. Uh, I haven't mentioned the name of the book because I don't know that it's a hundred percent set in stone yet. But Greg um, Cody. 
the Greg Cody story with Ron McGill. Featuring Ron and some title. lion. Featuring Sa- Ron and some lion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the Greg uh, Cody book featuring Ron McGill and a lion. We hope it's going to come out before Christmas. Uh, they're aiming for early December. We hope that's going to happen. And we'll keep you posted on here. I'm sure at some point we'll have Ron on our show to talk about it because it has been a very interesting process between he and I over the better part of uh, the past year. So we got to have, we'll have some competition where if people buy the book and do something, you know, we'll, you know, for sure. Greg Cody, Greg Cody will fly to your house or something. Everyone that buys the book or something like that. I will hand deliver the book. I'm going to put Amazon out of business. I am personally going to deliver books to everybody who buys one nationwide. Greg is a promise. Greg is on. Exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, but I'm but I'm proud. I'm oddly proud of the book. And you're oddly proud. Why would you be oddly proud? I would think you'd be genuinely proud. Uh, OK, I'm genuinely proud. I, I, I try to avoid uh, pride because it, it bespeaks vanity. Uh, I, I like to have gratitude more than pride. But maybe maybe that's a semantic uh, uh, difference. Um, so so you mean you aren't going to be walking around the bowling alley next Wednesday saying I'm an author? Yeah, I am. Actually, I'm an author. Right. <laughs> If I wanted to do that, I would be the Italian guy out of Central Casting with my name written on the back of my shirt. That's the guy I would be. I'm signing books at Lane 17. Come on by. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> a book signing. Out of, a, out of a 500 people in our league, there would literally be one guy who wanted the book. Lane 22 and- on Wednesday night. <laughs> That's right. There would be one guy who came up to our lane and his first question would be, is McGill here? And I would say, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. He, he couldn't make it tonight. Um, oh, I feel like I've been speaking a lot, almost like it's my own podcast. How about a couple of dad jokes? Okay. By the way, before you get to that, I ratted you out on the Levitard show. Oh, God. Uh, for, for taking the $20 to tip the barber. But the $20 wasn't there. What do you mean? No, I was going to steal a $20 bill from on top of Levitard's uh laptop yeah but that's money he pays and every day at the end of the day that money goes into that jar that we uh, got it okay from. okay it's called fine money and and jeremy yeah. this past week got the fine bucket helmet where he gets automatic death in the bucket of death but he gets all that money oh wow and i i just decided to rat you out on air like while he was counting the money i'm like by the way that's 20 dollars short my dad took it to tip the barber absolutely 100 percent. i'll give him 20 bucks and then just saying dan accused you of theft and then he said that greg cody owes jeremy 20 so i do i might want to bring 20 in on tuesday i i will with interest i'll bring 20 dollars and 30 cents what Uh, a week's interest on that no, I why, will. Why I did. is it? Th- it's 30 cents a week interest. That's what you yeah, just, that's what you decided. I don't know what the interest is, but why wouldn't it just be a dollar? Make it easy on yourself. 21 sounds like a lot of interest. That's 5% interest. I guess that's 5% per week. But no one had brought up the interest. Only you did. I know you're right, but I, I'm open. I'm not denying it. I borrowed $20 from the show because I had no cash. I think I had like three bucks in my wallet and I went to tip Lucas who did a fantastic job on my hair, even though your wife, uh, my wife doesn't particularly like it. Uh, How do you know she doesn't like it? Yeah, I can tell. You know, you get a vibe. You you, you know your wife. You've only been married seven years. You know, the you get the vibe. You you get the unspoken language from the wife. You know, I ask her, what do you think of the haircut? And, you know, she nods her head three or four times without saying anything. You know, you you know what she's saying. Well, if she nods her head a couple of times without saying anything, that means she doesn't like it. Like, that's pretty, anyone would read that. 
Exactly. So she's not even lying at all. She's just telling you she doesn't like it. That's what I'm saying. I don't think I think you're wrong though. Like I don't I think I think she does like it. All right, we'll have her on next week to talk about my haircut. In the meantime, no, I'm calling dad her right jokes. Now. No, I'm calling her. She's out of town. I don't know where. What if she's you don't even know where she is? Yeah, where ask her where she is. I think it's Orlando, but I'm not sure. That's that's great that you have no idea where she is. She never answers my phone calls anymore. Well, she's probably in the meeting of a I'm just middle of a highfalutin you, meeting. I mean, I guess this is how it works when you're like when you're 18 and 19. Your mom's like a worry, like worry. So like she always has to answer. Like she, my mom used to be. If I text her, I get a text back within one minute. If I call, she's answering. Like that was right. just like anyone in my life. I would be like, who could you text where you know they'll text you back right away? Now, right. Ever since I had Graceland. I can't, she doesn't answer my phone call. She doesn't respond to my text for like three hours. And I'm bad with text right. too. So I'm not throwing stones. I'm not, but it's just. Oh, you're terrible. You're I'm the worst. I'm just saying she, I, I am in a different slot now with mom than I used to be. Right. In terms of like feeling like she needs to answer the phone when I call. Okay. Just saying. And, and you, you know why that is? I can tell you why that is. Because with both you and your brother, when, and, and who rarely call your mother just to say, hey, hi, how you doing? What's new with you? I've been trying to have lunch with mom for three months. Okay. Mom is of the opinion, and I don't think she's wrong, that generally when you and Michael call your mother, you need something. You want something. You're looking for a favor. You're looking for a babysitter. You're looking for this. You're looking for that. So it is. So it's not me. It's her just saying, go bleep yourself. Okay, good. Noted. (laughs) I didn't didn't mean to go that far with uh, your inference, but um, dad jokes number three. What did you learn in school today, son? Oh, it's uh, you're asking me? Yeah. Nothing? Not enough, Dad. I have to go back tomorrow. Okay, I admit that was a bad one. What? Yeah. It's, What's you the know, joke? The joke is, he's not saying what he learned in school. He's saying, not enough. I got to go back. to. They're making me go back tomorrow. As wow, that's, was that's the worst one of all it time. It was bad. Yeah, that's it was bad. That's literally, and think about this. You've done this yeah. now, what, for too long yeah for right. three of these almost every week for over right. a year maybe so that's like we're getting, we're, we've done over a hundred of these safe to say and that was the worst no i'm serious yeti i need that one cut up and saved anytime i just want that isolated oh my god jesus okay number two that's gonna be hard to get over what kind of pizza loves to be in photos cheese now that was pretty good no, it's really compared bad. to the Go first ahead. one. Go ahead. I mean, compared to, the fir- compared to the first one, any words would be good. Okay. Number one, why don't dentists get along with manicurists? Because they always end up fighting tooth and nail. I think we got to put this one. I think this bit needs to go away for a little bit. Okay. That's pretty good. The last no, one. No. The last one was no. good. Listen, you trust me, right? Yes. That bit is suspended for two months. Okay, we're good. All right. I got, you notice no. I'm not arguing. Two months. I'm not arguing. What's today's date? This episode comes out on Monday, September 24th. Right. So we bring it back November, right no, around 25th. Thanksgiving. I think right it's around 25th. Thanksgiving, we bring it back. No, Monday is November 25th. Okay, that's fair. This thing is, is banned until November 25th. All right, but you know what's not banned? Which means it can come back the episode of number 27th. No more dad jokes. Okay, but you know what's not banned? You know what's not banned? What? Cue the music, Yeti. 
There are three things that interest him. Sit right back for three facts, Jack Number three, a callback to last week. On March 1st, 1978, Charlie Chaplin's coffin, buried in, Swi- buried, buried in Switzerland, was dug up and stolen from its grave by two thieves seeking ransom from his widow. They were caught two months later, and his coffin was reinterred in a reinforced concrete vault. How about that? Hmm. Number two, Pope Francis was once a bouncer at a nightclub. <laughs> Before he, <laughs> before he assumed the papal throne in 2013, his odd jobs included sweeping floors in a chemical lab and keeping the peace at a bar in his hometown of Buenos Aires. The humble beginnings led to his being called the People's Pope, known for humility and modesty. Number one, the blimp is on the endangered list. <laughs> Today, worldwide, only about 25 blimps still exist. Wow. About half of them used for advertising. It's because the airships are expensive to operate, costing as much as $100,000 in helium per trip. Side note, the most famous blimp of all, the Goodyear blimp, is technically not a blimp. It's a Zeppelin because it is a hard shell, whereas blimps collapse when deflated. Wow. Did you know? And I was just looking up because like, you're like, okay, there's only 25 left. Oh, wait, so you're saying that the Goodyear blimps aren't even in the category of blimps? Well... Because they're not technically blimps or are... Right. They're technically not blimps, but it calls itself... Because I looked it up. I was like, how many Goodyear blimps are there? And there's four... There says four, the internet is telling me. Okay, I think four is probably accurate. I think that's four of the 25. Oh, wait, no, it says the the remaining three. At one point, there were four. Okay. The remaining three airships operate out of bases in the U.S. in Pompano Beach... Carson, California, and Akron, right. Ohio, the home of Goodyear. Yeah. Yeah. Blimps are like endangered species. You know, we, we should have Ron McGill starting to speak out about saving the blimps uh, because they are endangered, uh, much like, um, you know, uh, bonneted bats, uh, for example. Uh, anyway, um, is my voice sound weird? I feel hoarse. Yeah. I feel like my voice is deep and scratchy and throaty. It's just maybe in the last few minutes it's gotten there, but luckily... We're done with this portion of the episode because we need to talk some football. I know. Let's talk some football. We're going to have a new Yeti song. We're going to finish with a bang, bang, bang. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Gregory. Yes. You look like a man who enjoys flannel. I sure do. Who doesn't? How many flannel shirts do you have in your uh, wardrobe? Um, I used to have a lot of flannels. I was a guy who wore what at the time was referred to as a Mackinac. A Mackinac? Yeah, sort of a plaid pattern and, and wooly, you know, heavy. 
Uh, I was definitely a flannel guy at some point. Not lately. I mean, I do live in South Florida where I walk out in the morning <laughs> and it's 140 degrees. So I tend not to wear flannel now, but I am a pro flannel person. Well, in most places in the Northern Hemisphere, the uh, the, the weather is about to start changing. So maybe some some warmer um, warmer fabric is in the future for several of our folks, which means it's the perfect time to think about our friends at Sheets and Giggles. Mm. Greg, Sheets and Giggles has actually developed a wildly unique eucalyptus flannel, perfect for this fall and winter season. Uh, it, like all their products, the eucalyptus flannel is softer than traditional cotton flannel, but it also keeps you toasty while not getting you roasty. So it's currently on sale while it's still hot outside. So listen up. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash Greg for 50% off their wonderfully comfortable eucalyptus flannel sheets. Also, everybody, listen right here. If you use our promo code SUI, you can get an additional 20% off the entire order. Flannel me sideways, folks. That's an incredibly hot deal for some amazingly cool sheets. Get your supply of eucalyptus flannel today. Go now, everybody. Sheetskiggles.com slash Greg. Flannel me, baby. Go now. Wow. Speaking of eucalyptus flannel, I was watching history today. Uh, we're recording this Sunday evening. Uh, I was in the press box watching the Dolphins score 70 points with 725 yards of total offense. And to put that in context, no NFL team had done that since 1966. This was like truly one of the greatest offensive performances in the history of professional football. They won 70 to 20 in their home opener. And, and it was, I can't even explain it. <laughs> I wrote about it. I watched it, but it's hard to explain. You could make an argument that the, the Miami Dolphins have been famous three times in their history. They were famous in Don Shula's 1972 and 73 when they were winning Super Bowls. They were famous in the early to mid-80s when Dan Marino was the biggest thing in football. And they were famous today, Sunday, for scoring the most points in an NFL game in almost 60 years. It was just literally historic. We use the word historic too, uh, Cavalier. It was an historic day and, and it was just insane. Tua was on fire. Like, so how, um, I saw that he had at one point gone 16 for 16. How long did that streak go? It, it went one into the second half. He ended up 17 for 17 before he finally missed. And, and I think he was ended up 23 for 26 or something, but they were running, you know, once they were so far ahead, they were running the ball and, and a rookie running back named Devon, uh, a chain, uh, ended up having 203 yards rushing. <laughs> The guy has, he, he leaves vapor trails when he runs. He's so fast. He's the one guy on the team who may be faster than Tyreek Hill. And and I want to read you something that the coach said after the game. This is just a couple hours ago when we're doing this. And, and I was in the post-game press conference when he was speaking. And and this is in the context of me, you know, being made fun of on the Levitard show for, for being a homer and trying to tell people how good the Dolphins are, ranking them four in the league in my preseason. This is what Mike McDaniel said, quote, we have a lot of players executing a lot of things to a standard that's unrelenting. We have all the right people to do some pretty cool things on a football field. Shame on us if we put a ceiling on what we're capable of. That sounds like a coach who would never admit it in these words, but thinks this is potentially a Super Bowl team. It's incredible. That's really, really cool. Look, I don't have an NFL team. I can't even say the Dolphins have captured my heart, but I do hope good things for them this year. Like, like it'll be really, really cool. I've never hoped against them, but but it, I hope to see them do really, really great stuff. So yeah, well, well, they're a fun team. 
for a lot of reasons. And and one of them to me is that Tua Tungavaloa, the quarterback, uh, he went through hell his first couple of years in the league. He was disappointing to a lot of people. Uh, he was having concussions and missing games. Uh, why didn't they draft Justin Herbert? You know, all of a sudden they're in the background, you know, going after Deshaun Watson and then going after Tom Brady. And Tua, the first couple of years was totally disrespected, not earning any respect, frankly. And last year he came on strong, even among the the concussions. And now he's picked up where that uh, left off. And he has more than 700 yards passing or more than 900 yards passing, more than a thousand yards. But I'm doing my math in my head. <laughs> He has more. He has more than a thousand yards passing and ten touchdowns in three games. He's the best quarterback in the league right now, for the best offense in the league right now. And I say the word right now, the the phrase right now, uh, advisedly because a lot of people still don't buy uh, what the Dolphins are at three and zero. And I get that. And and the big litmus test obviously is this coming Sunday at Buffalo. So um, if they win that game, all of a sudden they may be the Super Bowl favorite. That's cool. Where's Tariq at on his quest for 2000 this year? Um, I don't know the stats offhand, but he's a, he's had a first good game and, and another 100 yards plus today, I think 150 or so. In the middle game, uh, he had a little bit less, but um, he's going to be right there. He is so great. He is so fast. And, and, and they did what they did today offensively Sunday. I keep saying today. They did what they did, scoring 70 points without Jalen Waddle, who's like a dynamic receiver. Yeah. Yeah. They had to call up someone from the practice squad. Yeah. And they still they still did what they did. That was quite amazing. It really was. So it's... um. What does this say for Sean Payton? Oh, my God. He was like, so... People thought he was going to really come in and turn around Denver. But like, is, is the defense just that bad? Yeah. <laughs> I can only say that it was today. And, and uh, I think Russell, everybody's on Russell Wilson. I think he's not the problem. Yeah, I heard Mina mention something about that toward the end of last week, that he is much less of the problem than maybe he was last year or than, yeah. than what Denver is showing. Yeah, I agree with her. Um, but Sean Payton, he was like you thought he would be post-game after losing 70 to 20. He was um, Bill Belichickian in his short answers. Next question. <laughs> next question. It, basically, his whole post-game speech was, I'm exactly as embarrassed and upset as you think I might be. Next question. That was like the the tenor of the entire post game thing. So, all right, let's shift gears here real quick. Back to college football with with Colorado losing yesterday. You know, you started out the season really strongly worded at at Coach Prime and in Colorado and and saying they aren't really going to do anything. And yeah, then they did some stuff for the first few weeks, and then yesterday right. was was a, quite a bit of humble pie. What what do you have to say on that topic? Um, okay, nobody needed a dose of humility more than Deion Sanders. Mm -hmm. I will start there. But then I will give him credit for expressing a little bit of humility after the game, which is uncommon for him. He was making no excuses. He was basically just saying this was an ass whooping. You know, this was a butt kicking. And and I admired him for that. You know, he wasn't blaming the refs, he wasn't doing anything. He was just taking on the loss and and moving on from it. And Good for him. And and it's like um, Levitard said uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I agree with him, you know, don't get obsessed with a 4-0 a, a and o start. If this guy ends up going 6-6 six and six or 6-7, six and seven, I don't even know how many games they play, that's a huge season after the, the team went 1-12 and 12 last year or whatever. So he's already done well, and, and anything from here is gravy, but 
he needed to lose to give him a little humility, but good for him for showing it. You know, so that's that's my uh, Coach Prime take for the week. I, I I would have loved to have seen them go, you know, and, and, and th- I mean, there's still a chance. I would love to see right. them like just more than exceed the expectations with like six and six. I would love to see them get 10 wins just because I love the entertainment value and what right. he brings. But I've always been a Dion fan. Like, like he's just all electric, you know, and I've always enjoyed yeah. that. And, and, um, so I, I want to see them really shake things up in the anarchy of it all. And, and, but yeah, I, I don't mind seeing them lose occasionally, but I would love to see him really excel just to show that it's possible because if there's yeah. anyone that can do it, I think it would be him. Not so much from, it, he doesn't have years and years of proven, proven coaching skills to, to give me that, but I just think his charisma and his, his entertainment factor and his ability to get eyeballs, because those eyeballs are not only from the media. Those eyeballs are from, from potential recruits. Oh, sure. And yeah. from his team. If they see their coach having that much confidence in them as a team, right. they're a lot more likely to have it. So there is, right. while he doesn't have a long coaching pedigree himself, he has the pedigree of getting attention of confidence and giving that in other people. And if they can win that way, that's a really cool story. So I'd, I'd love to see it happen. I want to see it happen. I'm rooting for them. And also, I'd just love to be able to play the sound back at you at the end of the season. You know, <laughs> if they do end up with, with, with okay. close to 10 wins <laughs> or more. But, uh, yeah, and they're, gonna, and they're, they're also going to get their ass kicked by USC. But here's the thing. You know, they're half a team. They're half a team. They do certain things very well. Um, Dion's quarterback son is really, really good. Probably a top five NFL pick. But they have a terrible offensive line, and they have a terrible defense. So they have half a team. And, and against good teams like Oregon and USC coming up, that does not fly. You know, uh, Miami down here, the Miami Hurricanes are now 4-0 and um, in, in ranked. And if they played Colorado, they would win pretty easily. And, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm not over-touting Miami as being extra super great, but I'm saying... Colorado, for all the hype Dion is getting and generating, uh, they're they're an average college team right now because they're half a team. Well, we'll see how that plays out, yeah. Greg. Okay, that's a, that's a good uh, good thing to say. By the way, it's time I get to the elephant in the room. Um, or do you mean the Christopher who isn't in the room, Greg? The one who isn't in the room. <laughs> I feel bad. I, yeah, I mean he isn't in the. Listen, Christopher and I had a plan. He, I was at the game working, covering it. Christopher was at the game as a fan, sitting among the fans, and and that is not to imply that drinking had been going on. I'm not even going to go there. But, you know, Christopher informs me, after not returning my texts all day, he informs me a couple hours ago that he can't join us tonight, that it's going to be just you and I, Eddie. And I'm like, why? And, and he just, he's incommunicado, and I'm angry. Okay, I'm very disappointed in him, and and I'm not going to belabor this, but I'm very honest with our listeners. I'm honest in general, and I'm, I got to say, I'm very disappointed in Christopher, my paid executive producer, for not being here right now with no legitimate reason given. So beyond that, I don't know whether he's going to quit. I don't know whether we're going to talk about this next week, but for now, I'm just pretty disappointed in the kid. I really am. I uh, I, I need to I need to step in. And, you know, I wasn't even going to be on this episode at all because I was traveling. And then uh, I did get a message from Chris earlier and he's like, hey, are you able to record tonight? And originally the plan was I wouldn't be able right. to. I didn't um, think so. Because we, we were out of town. But my wife had just told me about an hour before we need to leave at six. And that would put us home at 730. And I was like, 
maybe we can actually do this. Maybe I can record. So when Chris asked, I was like, look, I, I know he was going to the game, so it would be a little bit later recording time. And I was like, okay, so yeah, I, I said, I'll be home around 730. He said, he said, good, I might need you to be there just w- with you and my dad. I don't know if I'm going to make it. And I didn't ask why, because I'm not going to care. Yeah. Okay. So he was already setting this up. Yeah. So he was trying to get ahead of it. And, right. you know, he, I think he saw early on that, okay, I might not be able to make it back or whatever he, you know, whatever he was getting into. Uh, but like when I, I, sometimes I've had to do this where I had planned to record, but then something goes wrong on, on a Friday. Is there really a difference in the reason why? Where, whereas my reason is typically going to be something went haywire with the day job, keeping me from getting home in time to record versus, you know, Chris having fun and on a day off. And like, like so is there really a difference, Greg? Yes. The difference okay. is the difference is he's my executive producer, um, and and I expect him to be here. And we had an arrangement for be for him to be here. And when he wasn't here, he offered me no explanation. I said in a text, "Why can't you be here?" And he said, "Cause I can't." And I texted him back and said, "Is that the answer you would give to Adnan Burke or to Dan Levitard or to anyone else to whom you were a paid executive producer?" And I didn't hear back from him because he knows the answer. Strong point. Look, it it was just unprofessional behavior on his part. That's all. You know, it doesn't make him a bad person. It doesn't make him a bad executive producer. It certainly doesn't make him a bad son. But in this case, he did not serve himself very well with his behavior in not being here for any good reason that he gave to me. So. Well- I'm not, I'm not telling you how to lead your show by any means. I will give one final bit of perspective and then I have a question for you. Um, in my day job, I, I manage people. I, I've got a whole team that ranges across several states. We look after several, nine offices across several states. Right. And if one of them has to call out, I don't ask why, because the reason why isn't going to change the fact that they're not there. I'm not telling you not to ask why. I'm just like my, my mentality behind is, and if it only happens occasionally, it's never a problem. Right. It might make my day harder for sure, but long term, they're good. They're good people who show up and and do the work. Not a problem for me. Right. Um. It, if it happens all the time, okay. You know. And then I might need. And then I will ask. You know, what's what's going on? Something's changed. And you know, there might be something legitimate like that I need to take into consideration. Maybe I need to get in touch with in touch with them with HR so that they can figure out if they need a leave of absence, things like that. Now, this is apples and oranges because this is a nine to five or right. you know, at eight to five Monday Friday versus you know a creative venture that we're on. Right. But that is kind of the the approach I take on it. But maybe I'm just a a softer guy than than Gregory Cody. Now, my well, question. I, I, yeah. You don't even need to respond. I have a question. What can Chris do to make it up for you? This is where you say dad or day. <laughs> okay, I'm not holding my breath, but he certainly could involve himself in my dad or day initiative. Oh, Greg, dad or day mania is sweeping the nation. Is it? Not only did Billy Gill admit on Levitard this week that his dad thinks it's a great idea. He sure did. And then Andrew Streeter approached me this week with a new song idea. And so what? he and I wrote and recorded this song to ramp up Daturday fever across the entire world with this tune. Let's go. Yeah. I wanna watch a move around some rocks while I get a belly full of 
was splendidly uh ridiculous i mean that was just try, try recording it it's so ridiculous <laughs> it's just especially because you're saying a made-up word <laughs> Datterday. i mean it's just Datterday! so wonderful and and i don't have to tell you or the listeners that what i think of elton john and that's one of my favorite songs um i thought it was a great truly a rock and roll song you know and um i remember seeing an interview with roger daltrey once and he said, that's the only song we ever heard where we said to ourselves, that's a Who song. That's a song <laughs> we wish we recorded because that sounds like a Who song. Yeah. And um, I just love the song. I love the parody. The lyrics on that were great. And let's get Daddy off the ground. And you know what? To your point, that's how Christopher can make this up to me. <laughs> he can make Sorry, it up Chris. to me. You know, I, I don't feel like uh, he's either going to uh, be so angry with me for exposing him tonight that he's going to resign or he's going to forgive me and uh come come uh, in bib overalls with a shovel for Datterday in a couple of weeks i'm not sure which chris this is unfair since you're not here but you know who can't do Datterday? me okay and on that go. note send us home greg okay <laughs> well, how do i follow that <laughs> 
How do I follow that? You're playing the uh, dead father card again, which I have no. Although I have a dead father too. Yeah. But see, there's a there's yeah, a see? there's a limit. To, you know, your dead father is more recent than my dead father, so you yours carries more weight. I mean, that's the way that works. It just is. But uh, this has been a crazy episode. They all are, quite frankly. Um, I want to thank everybody who's listened and continues to listen every week. Uh, you guys are our pod family. We thank you a lot. We never take you for granted. Thanks for coming back every week. And next week, we have an extra special episode, which I would say, even if it weren't, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about or who's on it, so I'm totally lying. But I promise you it will be extra special. So thank you a lot, everybody, and see you next week. That kind of thing. Better day, better day, better day, better day, better day. Quite all right.